Weekend Breakfast with Rufilwe Pakanyane. Email her on rufilwem at 702.co.za. We're taking your calls if you've got any questions uh, for our our parenting expert and human development expert, uh, Nikki Bush. We'd absolutely welcome your calls. Um, anything that, you know, any aspect regarding development or even parenting that has been niggling, perhaps you've reached, you know, you're at a bit of a sticking point when it comes to enforcing that rules, regulations, <laughs> chores, you know, are adhered to, chores are done. Um, might be able, Nikki might be able to give you just some suggestions and interventions on how to, you know, smooth out those bumps. And uh, do give us a shout on 011-883-0702 or drop us a voice note on 072-702-1702. But let's get to the topic at hand, um, what we're going to be addressing this morning with uh, our parenting expert. And it's quite a useful one and uh, a more relaxed one definitely this week. Nikki Bush is taking a look at fun things to do with ch- with children in order to strengthen the learning foundations, right? So what what are those fun things you can do with your kids around the house to make sure that um, uh, you strengthen that or infor- reinforce that learning foundations? All of this without having to go out and buy anything. Sounds like a lovely proposition. Good morning, Nikki. Good morning, Rufiwe. Anytime we can uh, use what is in our direct uh, or in our, in our homes or in our direct environment without having to go off and shop and swipe or, you know, spend some rands, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I welcome that conversation. Absolutely. <laughs> August is a long month too. <laughs> August is a long, long month. Um, and if your kids are on holiday, you're already feeling the punch, uh, the pinch rather, pinch, even though it's definitely. been a few days. It's only been a few days. But, you know, let's start off in the kitchen and uh, you've got some kitchen fun lined up for us. In fact, you've split this up into various rooms around the house and uh, even the garden as well. So let's start with the kitchen. Absolutely. So we need to teach our kids how to create fun out of nothing. And it's a real life skill in terms of resourcefulness. So let's kick off with things that um, you might have in your house like Fruit Loops. And maybe you've got spaghetti. Mm. So if you've got children who are between the ages of about three and seven, you can pour out a bowl of Fruit Loops. You can get them to group all the the different colors together. So the pinks and the yellows and the greens and whatever colors you've got in there. And what does grouping and sorting and matching do? Well, it's all about the foundation skills for reading. Because with reading, you have got, um, you know, rounded letters and you've got straight letters and you've got different shapes that make up letters. Mm. And children need to be able to see differences and similarities. So a C and an E look quite similar. There's literally just one line difference. And that's where color matching and shape matching comes in so handy. So what do we do next? We take a piece of spaghetti and what you can say to your kids, and it's really good for kids to get visual instructions as well as auditory instructions. Mm -hmm. So this might be um, an auditory instruction. So you give them a piece of of long spaghetti and you say, right, thread a green fruit loop, then thread a pink fruit loop, then thread a yellow fruit loop. And then they've made a little sequence. And now you want them to repeat the sequence. If you wanted to give them a visual cue, you could actually lay out a sequence of, you know, a green, a yellow, a pink, a green, a yellow, a pink. Mm -hmm. And they have to thread according to that sequence. So what are they doing now? They're matching. 
they're doing a visual matching exercise. What do they have to do when they are in a classroom and there's a whiteboard or a blackboard? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have to copy. Well, a whiteboard or a blackboard or any of the maths exercises, there's, you know, a lot of that sequencing and finding patterns, it's establishing patterns, um, all of that. Yeah, absolutely. It's part of um, the foundational um, education. Yeah. Yeah, all important stuff. And remember, we talk often about how learning needs to be multisensory for children. Now, one of the fun things to do, and even for adults, I've done this in adult workshops where I'm, I'm teaching parents how children learn, mm-hmm. and that is that the sense of touch is super important. And if you have got a big bowl of lentils, say, for example, the lentils works really well because they're slightly rounded. Mm-hmm. And go and buy yourself if you've got, or you might have. I mean, I do tend to have lentils that hang around for a long time because they don't get cooked <laughs> that often. But fill a bowl with lentils, a big bowl with lentils, and then find some little goodies around the house. Often in your children's rooms, you will find those little free takeaway things that you get, you know, with your Happy Meals and things that they they never play with. You know, they come back, they're useful for an hour or two, and they never look at them again. Or if you've got a game that, say, got plastic shapes, this works really well. So Mm -hmm. you've got a circle, you've got a triangle, you've got a rectangle. Hide those in the bowl of lentils. And then you get your children to put their hands in the lentils. It's a little bit like, you know, the gem scratch patch. Yes, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And they've got to find what you ask for. So if they already know their shapes, for example, um, say at the age of four or five, you can say, right, I want you to put your hands in the lentils and find me the triangle. How many sides does a triangle mm. have? How many points? does a triangle have which is very different from find me the circle does a circle have points no a circle is round and so using the sense of touch and feedback through the skin your children are now searching for things which gives the brain another layer of learning and meaning for the shapes that are important for reading and writing. Yeah, a sensory experience within another, um, or tactile experience within another sensory experience. Um, Really, really cool. How are you utilizing or how do you suggest we could uh, use flower um, in in making learning fun and just helping reinforce those foundational, um, uh, reinforce the foundations? So I love to use flour in the kitchen, and you can use it in so many different ways. If people want to make Play-Doh, of course, that's like the ultimate science experiment with flour, which will utilize salt, flour, water, and oil. I have the best Play-Doh recipe on NickyBush.com. And that's, you know, taking all these different ingredients, mixing them up, turning them into something sticky and then it dries a little bit and you've got to knead it so you've got all that that sensory processing of the proprioceptive sense where you're pushing and kneading and pulling and rolling Mm -hmm. and that's brilliant for calming children down like the lentil activity by the way is very soothing and calming even if you don't hide anything in the lentils just get your child to sit at the kitchen counter while you're cooking and they can just be playing with their hands in and out of the lentils. Anxiety is very high at yeah, the moment. Yeah. Any activity where we can just bring the anxiety down a little bit helps enormously. Mm. But then look at, at flour just by itself. <clears throat> 
if you give your child a tray and some flour and how about you show them how to use a sieve and if you have got an old-fashioned doily you know those little paper doilies yeah that you would put under a cake. I do not. Okay, well, you're not a baker, we feel with. Okay, so if you were a baker, and maybe the grannies who are listening now would appreciate this activity, if they could pull out an old doily from, from their drawer that they put under a cake on a cake sure. stand, yeah. but if, if you don't have a doily, <clears throat> you could, so a doily's got pretty cutouts. Uh, you could take a piece of paper, mm. um, fold it in four, and teach your child how to cut little triangles out along the folds, mm. then open it out, flatten it out, put it on the tray, and using the sieve with a bit of flour in, shake, shake, shake the flour on top of this homemade doily. Then you lift the doily, and you see that you've got all these little shapes where the flour has fallen through the holes. Yeah. And it's like magic. You know, children don't know these things anymore and so it is like magic and you position yourself as a parent as the source of magic wonder and surprise and if they're learning their shapes in the early years or even if they say in grade naught one or two and they've got um things like those but those foam bath shapes yeah you often get them in a number shape you could put those numbers or plastic shapes from a shape game onto the tray and they can actually shake that flower over and then pick up the shapes and wow, there's a triangle. Yeah, oh, I love wow, that. there's a number two. And also just another fun, I mean, uh, to extend on uh, using using the doily and cutting out there, you know, there's lots to be done with just, uh, if you don't have any doilies, a piece of paper, create your own stencils and uh, play around, see what kind of yeah. shapes can come out of, you know, folding in half and quarters and, and cutting out. Yeah. You know, we underestimate how creative we can be with a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And children absolutely love turning pieces of paper into something useful. Yeah. And for me, the ultimate thing with a piece of paper is a paper airplane. There we go. And if you go onto the internet and Google paper airplanes, you will find dozens and dozens of different designs. So you don't have to get bored creating paper airplanes. And, and this is all about folding and copying a pattern. So you're folding the piece of paper according to a pattern. You're using the tips of your fingers to make those folds nice and sharp because if you don't make the folds sharp, the plane won't go very far when you throw it. And there's lots of proprioceptive feedback through the fingertips um, to the brain. Mm. You have to be precise. Mm -hmm. It's about geometry. It's maths, basically, and it's also planning in a spatial sense. And children do not get enough spatial planning experience when they're always on a computer because it's not in 3D. So giving them the opportunity to turn a 2D, you know, they must play in 1D, 2D, and 3D. And taking a plan and turning it into 3D is just brilliant for for their their development yeah. and the sense of satisfaction of look what 
I made. Well, and, and, and speaking of a sense of satisfaction, Nikki, uh, first of all, I was incredibly awful throughout my entire school career at making paper play, uh, paper planes. <laughs> never stopped trying, though. Um, mine never, ever flew. Um, but there's, uh, you know, there's a man called John Collins whose entire career, it would seem, and what he's known for world uh, the world over um, is being the paper airplane guy. And he's just devoted himself to designing, folding and flying what he calls the world's finest paper airplanes. Oh. This could literally take you so many places. <laughs> no, can you imagine? Can you imagine now? You've got this um, child somewhere between, say, five and 12. And let me tell you, my kids have, they still fold paper airplanes with their nieces and nephews, but they folded paper airplanes for their whole childhood, even into their teens, because mm. it's how good can you make it? So you can get better and better and better at it. But what about the child who maybe has the engineering gene absolutely or the design gene you never know what gifts and talents your children have and we have to give them so many different opportunities to exercise those gifts sure. to showcase those gifts to try things out and what a safe way to try out engineering principles and absolutely. then take, let's take it one step further let's just go to the creativity side from an artistic point of view you haul out all the crowns and the cookies, and I'm sure parents have got layers of stickers, sheets of stickers sitting in the bottom of a drawer somewhere. This is the opportunity to get out all those bits that never get used. Create a doodle spot on your kitchen counter this weekend. Find all those stickers and things and, and get your kids to, to create these paper airplanes and then decorate them. Mm, absolutely. absolutely. And then... They can be competitive too. So you can take this to another level and you can have all these children making paper airplanes and then they can have throwing competitions to see who can throw the furthest and the highest and who can make their paper airplane loop. And then they come back to the drawing board if they're really interested in, in, how to, in aerodynamics and how to make things go fly better. Then they start getting smart and they make those wings, they turn the wings up or they turn the wings down, or they cut a, a V somewhere. Um, so you can see how paper airplane folding can appeal from little children for whom you will make the paper airplane, mm -hmm. the three-year-old, to children right you know, up to like 12 years of age who really are getting interested and competitive and fascinated by what can be. Mm, absolutely. All right, so let's move out of the kitchen into the bathroom. And um, yeah, I can relate to these three. Uh, what have you got for us when it comes to the bathroom? <laughs> well, of course, the bath is a place where you kind of have your children's full attention because they can't go anywhere else. It's a little bit like having them stuck in the car. And it's a very multi-sensory experience because water is, is soothing. And you can add the aromatherapy like lavender, lavender oil to the bath. So that's, once again, bringing the anxiety levels down a little bit. And there's nothing like bubbles and bubble baths for children. Mm. So when you, um, you know, have this, the, the bubble bath, um, what I love to do is take a handful of bubbles and blow them at your child. And they take a handful of the bubbles, keep a handful of the bubbles and blow them at you. 
And it's just one of those fun little innocuous activities. It's sort of fantasy play-ish. Um, because when else do we really, you know, we, we don't have bubbles unless we do the washing up. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so bubbles um, have, have that, there's that feeling on your skin. And also they can hide in the bubbles. And, you know, when you stand up, if, if you've made lots of bubbles and you stand up and it covers your whole body. Um, so they can experiment with the bubbles. And bubble blowing is another thing where it's a safe place to do bubble blowing because mm-hmm. if they spill all the bubbles, it's not that slimy mess all over the floor. But you need to mop up, absolutely. absolutely. And why bubble, what's bubble blowing so important for? Whether you're blowing bubbles out of your hand or whether you've got a wand and you're actually doing bubble blowing with bubble mixture is the p and the b sounds actually get stimulated by bubble blowing. So if you put your hand on your solar plexus and you say p or b, it comes from your solar plexus. When we do bubble blowing, it's coming from the solar plexus. And then there's also the shaping of the mouth. So when a child goes into speech therapy, there's a lot of bubble blowing. Yeah, yeah. Because they have to learn to control the lips, the tongue, the cheeks, and the jaw. And bubble blowing gives that opportunity and you've actually got to learn how to do it so it's an art and children gradually learn how to control their breath to create a bubble without bursting it so there's a there's a whole lot of skill involved there all right moving to the bedroom um i see masking tape and hide and seek what have you got in mind there (laughs) okay well hide and seek you can hide anything in a bedroom whether it's a teddy bear or whether it is, say, one of those plastic shapes from a game or a puzzle piece. You know, you can get your children to build a 24-piece puzzle but keep one piece behind, keep one piece out and get them to leave the room and hide the piece, see if they can find it so that they can complete the puzzle. That's quite a nice challenge for them. And you can hide things under the pillow. You can hide things under the bed. You'll find a place. And then you can play hot or colder, hot or colder with them if if they're young, where they're looking for the piece or they're looking for the shape. And you can tell them whether they're hot or cold, whether they're getting closer or further away from the target. Yeah. So all of this really just an invitation for parents to get super, super creative, right? And use what's around them and find ways to um, just yeah, engage that children. You're right. Just engage Absolutely. the kids. Yeah. Mm. And there are always these incidental benefits, even though we don't always necessarily understand or know how bubble blowing engages the solar plexus, as you've just yeah. outlined for us. Okay. Yeah. So then, of course, going outside the garden, mm. the driveway, park, uh, so important, getting out. Right. So, you know, those little black plastic scooters, sure. um, they are, every child needs a little black plastic scooter and they will, they will ride that scooter long after they've, they're too big for it. <laughs> and um, what, what I like to do, if you've got a driveway or if you've got a bit of paving somewhere, is you get the kids to go up and down the driveway collecting things from either side. Mm-hmm. And they might have a little basket attached to the front of their bike or a little backpack on, the, on their backs while they're on the little black scooter and you can put a whole lot of stuff and I'll just go back to things like teddy bears and shapes and things and you can pile those all up on one end of the driveway and you send them on a mission they've got to go up and fetch a yellow shape and they've got to bring it back and and then they've got to go back and they've got to fetch XYZ teddy bear or doll and bring it back what are we doing? we're actually keeping them busy for 15 or 20 minutes 
they're following instructions. Mm-hmm. They're having to use the memory, the auditory memory. You said a yellow triangle. Mm-hmm. You said the brown teddy bear. You said the, 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 the Barbie doll with the pink skirt. Yeah. And they've got to remember that. Or you could split your socks and you could have one, one white sock on one end of the driveway and another white sock on the other end. They've got to find the matching pair. All right, so all useful task-related um, uh, task related activities there. Um, obstacle courses also featuring in that? Yes, use what you've got. You've got patio chairs, you've got patio tables, you have a host pipe. You can create obstacle courses where they have to crawl, put the chairs next to each other, and they've got to crawl, crawl through the legs of three chairs. They've got to crawl underneath a duvet cover, and on the other side, there's a hose pipe and they've got to do bunny jumps from side to side over the hose pipe until they get to a set point. Just release the PE teacher in you. What's the toy (laughs) review that you've got for us today? (laughs) The toy review is something really simple to add to what you've got at home and very inexpensive and that is the bath crayon. Mm. Bath crayons cost between 49 and 69 rand a set depending on whether you get sixes or eights. You can generally find them in places like uh, Macro um, and, um, and, and on Take A Lot. Just Google online. And they are super useful for creativity. So children in the bath, it gives them something else to do, to write on the side of the bath, to draw on the side of the bath. And I have found that over the years we've done things like maths homework and spelling homework in the bath which creates a multi-sensory learning activity which is highly memorable. I'll never forget big words like elephant. Yes. And my son writing them in the bottom of the bath, underneath the water, in the base of the bath. Mm. And he got four marks for that spelling test. <laughs> because Lovely. it was multi-sensory and memorable. So yeah. Well, the one time he was fun. allowed to draw on the furniture or on the tiles there or on the go. walls, right? Who could forget that? Absolutely <laughs> makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Fantastic stuff. Nikki Bush, thank you so much uh, for that lovely conversation as usual. Looking forward to next weekend's one. Fabulous. Thanks for feeling. All right. And you can find it all on NikkiBush.com.